Chapter Twenty Six of *The King of Elfland's Daughter* by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six: The Horn of Alverick. Northward to lonely lands, through wearying years, Alverick wandered, where windy fragments of his grey gaunt tent added a gloom to chill evenings and the folk upon lonely farms as they lit their lights in their houses and the ricks began to darken against the pale green of the sky would sometimes hear the rap of the mallets of niv and zend coming clear through the hush from the land that no others trod and their children peering from casements to see if a star was come would see perhaps the queer grey shape of that tent flapping its tatters above the last of the hedgerows where a moment before was only the grey of the gloaming on the next morning there would be guesses and wonderings and the joy and fear of the children and the tales that their elders told them and the explorations by stealth to the edge of the fields of men shy peerings through dim green gaps in the last of the hedgerows though to look toward the east was forbidden and rumors and expectations and all these things were blended together by this wonder that came from the east and so passed into legend which lived for many a year beyond that morning but alverick and his tent would be gone so day by day and season after season that company wandered on the lonely mateless man the moonstruck lad and the madman and that old grey tent with its long twisted pole and all the stars became known to them and all the four winds familiar and rain and mist and hail but the flow of yellow windows all warm and welcome at night they knew only to say farewell to with the earliest light in the first chill of dawn alverick would awake from impatient dreams and niv would arise shouting and away they would go upon their crazed crusade before any sign of awakening appeared on the quiet dim gables and every morning niv prophesied that they would surely find elfland and the days wore away and the years phil had long left them phil who prophesied victory to them in burning song whose inspirations cheered alverick on coldest nights and led him through rockiest ways phil sang one evening suddenly songs of some young girl's hair phil who should have led their wanderings and then one day in the gloaming a blackbird singing the may in bloom for miles he turned for the houses of men and married the maiden and was one no more with any band of wanderers the horses were dead niv and zend carried all they had on the pole many years had gone one autumn morning alverick left the camp to go to the houses of men niv and zend eyed each other why should alverick seek to ask the way of others for somehow or other their mad minds knew his purpose more swiftly than sane intuitions had he not niv's prophecies to guide him and the things that zend had been told on oath by the full moon alverick came to the houses of men and of the folk he questioned few would speak at all of things that lay to the east and if he spoke of the lands through which he had wandered for years they gave as little heed as if he were telling them that he had pitched his tent on the coloured layers of air that glowed and drifted and darkened in the low sky over the sunset and the few that answered him said one thing only 
that only the wizards knew when he had learned this alberic went back from the fields and hedgerows and came again to his old grey tent in the lands of which none thought and niv and zen sat there silent eyeing him sideways for they knew he mistrusted madness and things said by the moon and next day when they moved their camp in the chill of dawn niv led the way without shouting they had not gone for many more weeks upon their curious journey when alverick met one morning at the edge of the fields men tended one filling his bucket at a well whose thin high conical hat and mystical air proclaimed him surely a wizard master said alverick of those arts men dread i have a question that i would ask of the future and the wizard turned from his bucket to look at alverick with doubtful eyes for the traveller's tattered figure seemed scarce to promise such fees as are given by those that justly question the future and such as those fees are the wizard named them and alverick's wallet held that which banished the doubts of the wizard so that he pointed to where the tip of his tower peered over a cluster of myrtles and prayed alverick to come to his door when the evening star should appear and in that propitious hour he would make the future clear to him and again niv and zend knew well that their leader followed after dreams and mysteries that came not from madness nor from the moon and he left them sitting still and saying nothing but with minds full of fierce visions through pale air waiting for the evening star alverick walked over the fields men tended and came to the dark oak door of the wizard's tower which myrtles brushed against with every breeze a young apprentice in wizardry opened the door and by ancient wooden steps that the rats knew better than men led alverick to the wizard's upper room the wizard had on a silken cloak of black which he held to be due to the future without it he would not question the years to be and when the young apprentice had gone away he moved to a volume he had on a high desk and turned from the volume to alverick to ask what he sought of the future and alverick asked him how he should come to elfland then the wizard opened the great book's darkened cover and turned the pages therein and for a long while all the pages he turned were blank but further on in the book much writing appeared although of no kind that alverick had ever seen and the wizard explained that such books as these told of all things but that he being only concerned with the years to be had no need to read of the past and had therefore acquired a book that told of the future only though he might have had more than this from the college of wizardry had he cared to study the follies already committed by man then he read for a while in his book and alverick heard the rats returning softly to the streets and houses that they had made in the stairs and then the wizard found what he sought of the future and told alverick that it was written in his book how he should never come to elfland while he carried a magical sword when alverick heard this he paid the wizard's fee and went away doleful for he knew the perils of elfland which no common sabre forged on the anvils of men could ever avail to parry 
he did not know that the magic that was in his sword left a flavor or taste on the air like that of lightning which passed through the border of twilight and spread over elfland nor knew he that the elf king learned of his presence thus and drew his frontier away from him so that alverick should trouble his realm no more but he believed what the wizard had read to him out of his book and so went dolefully away and leaving the stairs of oak to time and the rats he passed out of the grove of myrtles and over the fields of men and came again to that melancholy spot where his grey tent brooded mournfully in the wilderness dull and silent as niv and zend sitting beside it and after that they turned and wandered southwards for all journeys now seemed equally hopeless to alberic who would not give up his sword to meet magical perils without magical aid and niv and zend obeyed him silently no longer guiding him with raving prophecies or with things said by the moon for they knew he had taken counsel with another by weary ways and lonely wanderings they came far to the south and never the border of elfland appeared with its heavy lairs of twilight yet alverick would never give up his sword for well he guessed that elfland dreaded its magic and had poor hope of recapturing lyrazel with any blade that was dreadful only to men and after a while niv prophesied again and zend would come late on nights of the full moon to wake alverick with his tales and for all the mystery that was in zend when he spoke and for all the exultation of niv when he prophesied alverick knew by now that the tales and the prophecies were empty and vain and that neither of these would ever bring him to elfland with this mournful knowledge in a desolate land he still struck camp at dawn still marched still sought for the frontier and so the months went by and one day where the edge of the earth was a wild untended heath running down to the rocky waste in which alverick had camped he saw at evening a woman in a hat and cloak of a witch sweeping the heath with a broom and each stroke as she swept the heath was away from the fields we know away to the rocky waste eastwards towards elfland big gusts of black dried earth and puffs of sand were blowing towards alverick from every powerful stroke he walked towards her from his sorry encampment and stood near and watched her sweeping but still she laboured at her vigorous work striding away behind dust from the fields we know and sweeping as she strode and after a while she lifted her face as she swept and looked at alverick and he saw that it was the witch zerundarel after all these years he saw that witch again and she saw beneath the flapping rags of his cloak that sword that she had made for him once on her hill its scabbard of leather could not hide from the witch that it was the very sword for she knew the flavor of magic that rose from it faintly and floated wide through the evening mother witch said alverick and she curtsied low to him magical though she was and aged by the passing of years that had been before alverick's father and though many in earl had forgotten their lord by now yet she had not forgotten he asked her what she was doing there on the heath with her broom in the evening sweeping the world she said and alverick wondered what rejected things she was sweeping away from the world with grey dust mournfully turning over and over as it drifted across our fields going slowly into the darkness that was gathering beyond our coasts why are you sweeping the world mother witch he said 
there's things in the world that ought not to be here she said he looked wistfully then at the rolling gray clouds from her broom that were all drifting towards elfland mother witch he said can i go too i have looked for twelve years for elfland and have not found a glimpse of the elfin mountains and the old witch looked kindly at him and then she glanced at his sword he's afraid of my magic she said and thought or mystery dawned in her eyes as she spoke who said alberic and zerundarel lowered her eyes the king she said and then she told him how that enchanted monarch would draw away from whatever had worsted him once and with him draw all that he had never supporting the presence of any magic that was the equal of his and alverick could not believe that such a king cared so much for the magic he had in his old black scabbard it is his way she said and then he would not believe that he had waved away elfland he has the power she said and still alverick would face this terrible king and all the powers he had but wizard and witch had warned him that he could not go with his sword and how go unarmed through the grisly wood against the palace of wonder for to go there with any sword from the anvils of men was but to go unarmed mother witch he cried may i come no more to elfland and the longing and grief in his voice touched the witch's heart and moved it to magical pity you shall go she said he stood there half despair in the mournful evening half dreams of lirazel while the witch from under her cloak drew forth a small false weight which once she had taken away from a seller of bread draw this along the edge of your sword she said all the way from hilt to point and it will disenchant the blade and the king will never know what sword is there will it still fight for me said albert no said the witch but once you are over the frontier take this script and wipe the blade with it on every spot that the false weight has touched and she fumbled under her cloak again and drew forth a poem on parchment it will enchant it again she said and alverick took the weight and the written thing let not the two touch warned the witch and alverick set them apart once over the frontier she said and he may move elfland where he will but you and the sword will be within his borders mother witch said alverick will he be wroth with you if i do this wroth said zerundarel wroth he will rage with the most exceeding fury beyond the power of tigers i would not bring that on you mother witch said alverick ha what care i night was advancing now and the moor and the air growing black like the witch's cloak she was laughing now and merging into the darkness and soon the night was all blackness and laughter but he could see no witch then alverick made his way back to his rocky camp by the light of its lonely fire and as soon as morning appeared on the desolation and all the useless rocks began to glow he took the false weight and softly rubbed it along both sides of his sword until all its magical edge was disenchanted and he did this in his tent while his followers slept for he would not let them know that he sought for help that came not from the ravings of niv nor from any sayings that zend had had from the moon 
yet the troubled sleep of madness is not so deep that niv did not watch him out of one wild sly eye when he heard the false weight softly rasping the sword and when this was secretly done and secretly watched alvaret called to his two men and they came and folded up the tattered tent and took the long pole and hung their sorry belongings upon it and on went alvaric along the edge of the fields we know impatient to come at last to the land that so long eluded him and niv and zen came behind with the pole between them with bundles swinging from it and tatters flying they moved inland a little towards the houses of men to purchase the food they needed and this they bought in the afternoon from a farmer who dwelt in a lonely house so near to the very edge of the fields we know that it must have been the last house in the visible world and here they bought bread and oatmeal and cheese and a cured ham and other such things and put them in sacks and slung them over their pole then they left the farmer and turned away from his fields and from all the fields of men and as evening fell they saw just over the hedge lighting up the land with a soft strange glow that they knew to be not of this earth that barrier of twilight that is the frontier of elfland lirazel shouted alberic and drew his sword and strode into the twilight and behind him went niv and zend with all their suspicions flaming now into jealousy of inspirations or magic that were not theirs once he called lirazel then little trusting his voice in that wide weird land he lifted his hunter's horn that hung by his side on a strap he lifted it to his lips and sounded a call weary with so much wandering he was standing within the edge of the boundary the horn shone in the light of elfland then niv and zend dropped their pole in the unearthly twilight where it lay like the wreckage of some uncharted sea and suddenly seized their master a land of dreams said niv have i not dreams enough there is no moon there cried zend alberic struck zend on the shoulder with his sword but the sword was disenchanted and blunt and only harmed him slightly then the two seized the sword and dragged alverick back and the strength of the madman was beyond what one could believe they dragged him back again to the fields we know where the two were strange and were jealous of other strangeness and led him far from the sight of the pale blue mountains he had not entered elfland but his horn had passed the boundary's edge and troubled the air of elfland uttering across its dreamy calm one long sad earthly note it was the horn lirazel heard as she spoke with her father end of chapter twenty six the horn of alverick